You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago and Jersey through the magic of Zoom, this is the Kavrusa. I'm Avram Kivalevich. And I'm Kalman Warch. Kalman, uh, it's very fun meeting you every week like this in the Zoom magic. Um, and I think that part of what, as we're still somewhat in lockdown, some places yes, some places more, some less, but whether you're coming out of lockdown or not, I think that the period that we had been in lockdown caused us in many ways, I know on my side, to reconnect to family. Uh, I think that whereas your Froom neighbor uh, you might live next door. You might, you probably didn't see, and maybe, maybe you saw him taking out the garbage, the one down the block. But one of the things that isolation causes is to shore up who matters to you. And I think many religious uh, families have rediscovered and reconnected uh, to people in their family that aren't that religious. Because uh, as we know, uh, it isn't, uh, there is not a monolithic block of orthodoxy. Many people who join of the from world, join the from world and leave non-religious relatives behind. And I'm not sure if COVID is going to make a difference. It's going to make things easier or better, but I think it brings back, especially when you try to explain to your relatives who aren't that religious and you're still trying to be friendly with, that there are certain situations that don't necessarily play so well with them. For example, I'm not sure what um, uh, weddings and in bar mitzvahs, brisim, but we know when a situation does develop, when you have religious a religious member of the family who wants things to happen, alpidas and everything should be kedos v'kedin, and yet there are issues in terms of the relatives who don't understand why the dresses can't be this length. They don't understand why they can't drive in if the bris is on Shabbos. They can't understand why certain customs, the way it was always done in the family, had happened before. Why can't it happen here? And I think that as we, re, as we discover our relatives again, we need maybe a refresher course, and maybe the Chavrus is going to provide it for them, <laughs> as to what is the path of keeping a connection, but the other hand, staying firm in your ideals, in your frumkeit, and having it happen. Okay, that's my intro for you. What are your thoughts? You well, deal with Kira, uh, and again, let me just stop you for a second, stop myself for a second. You deal with Kirov. I deal with Kirov also. We're not talking about Kirov. We're not talking about what you do to reach out to the non-Jewish world and how you invite people for Shabbos. That's a topic for a different Chavruzer show. I'm talking about the struggle of keeping a family together despite those type of differences. So go ahead, Kalman. What do you think? I'd like to reiterate your point, um, that, that last one. I think it's really important, especially since too many people who become religious through the process of someone who's, uh, um, you know, I don't want to say commercially, but someone who who's, who's, uh, um, does this for a life um, work, uh, not a job, but this is their life and this is their work. So people who do become religious through a connection with that person will see this person as their guide. And sometimes they don't realize the distinction. 
of things that that person may have done, which were for the purposes of Kirov. So I, I think you're absolutely right. We have to take that off the table. Things that are done for, for the sake of Kirov have, a cert, have certain parameters um, within a system, but certain parameters that are, well, I guess what, what, what we would be discussing more would be just regular standard people, uh, regular standard people, just um, your average person who's from religious and has members of their family who are not. And um, the question would be how to interact with them. So I, I, I noticed you used the word, you know, kedas um, v'kedem, which, which, is, which is a halachic um, issue. And I, I want to jump on that for a second, because I do find that very often what people are looking for um, for the sake of, um, you know, making things work for halachic compromises. And I think that's a, it's a very dangerous thing to, to, you know, I'm not, there's always place for leniency. You know, the milk falls into, into a pot of soup. And sometimes it could be, well, Rabbi, I've got 30 guests coming. And they'll say, okay, that's what we call Hafsid Maruba, a great loss. So, you know, it will allow, because halacha itself has leniencies plugged in for certain situations. But just to say, you know what, this person is not going to be, they won't like Judaism if I behave this way. So I'm just not going to do what I know I should be doing. Uh, you know, that, that I don't think there is really much room for. Yeah, well, I, but, think, you mis, I think you mistranslate Kedos Vikadin. Uh, you're translating kedos as like the dos Torah, like dos meaning the almost like the rules of the Torah. That is what kedos v'kedin means. No, I think kedos v'kedin, like the same shayna, it's meaning there's a certain hanhaga, not necessarily dos of, it's it's almost a communal way of acting. Kedos v'kedin, dos yehudis. It's not necessarily in the Torah itself, but it's the way good Jews... is halachic too, you know, it's, it's still... Because my, my, my halachic, because... No, because I, I think I'll, we have to separate. No, no, I'm not going to let you get away. Hold on, hold on. Again, I, I don't think you're right. I really think that dos, dalit, dalit tof, is not the laws of the Torah. It's the hanhogas of a community that was essentially a Torah community always. However, if a person... Sounds like you differentiate between the rice and the rabbi. The das Torah, not das Torah, but das Torah is still a halachic obligation that people have to follow. Right, you know? but, it's, but it's based, in my mind, it's based on being part of Klal Yisrael. Being that could part be, of a, still being, no room for compromise. Being, no, I'm not sure. It, 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 at one period, you're correct. During the period up until maybe the Enlightenment or beyond, you're right. There was no hanhaga of, of a dos that was dos of Klal Yisrael unless it was based exactly on the Psokim and the Hayros of Shulchan Aruch. But I think when you say someone is not, is not Misnaik Dos, it's possible. And again, it's what I think, you know, there's the Dos of humanity, which has started to bleed in and given, I think, a, 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 a Tom and a, and a backbone to what society is. If you take a look at the way, again, this is all... Yeah, I, I don't know where you're going with this exactly. I, cause, cause I'll tell you where I'm, I'm going. Are you it. suggesting that the way that humanity adjusts, infiltrates the halachic process of Das Yisrael, yes. and therefore we're going to be lenient in, with uh, in family of, because the world is promoting more of an openness, so we have to be halachically open? Is that what you're suggesting? Are you suggesting we should, we should open orthodoxy? 
Okay. So let's talk about it on a simple level that I'm sure you understand. And I've just maybe for our listeners to hop as well. Let's say, you know, what becomes DOS is a certain respect. Let's say now uh, you recognize the fact that a lady has come into the room and that you say hello and you make eye contact. Now that maybe wasn't the way things were in the Victorian age or in, the, in, in, the, in, in, in a certain period before things were opened up. So if somebody acts that way today, if somebody acts that way today for the sake of, of, of Frumkite, then that person is not being misnoyed kidos because the dos of how people speak to each other and how people recognize that the person is there and qualify and, and, and value the other person has changed. There's certain activities, body language, and actions which have now become dos Yisrael, which years ago were not. Yeah, because that- I, I agree with you in the in the uh, in the application um, that that uh, uh, things do change. But I would say that's more um, how Derek Eretz changes. I, I, I'd like to see if you can present. Maybe later you can find me a source that suggests that the new Derek Eretz is now its own dust, whereby if someone was acting too from, which they're wrong about, but they're now going against Das Yisrael. I, I'm not convinced about that. Yeah, well, I think it is that way, because many of the Hanhogas that, that, that uh, the Gemara speaks about, about Das Yehudas, Das Yehudas, even the term itself indicates that it's something that's formed by taking the better aspects. Look, no one can deny that there are certain um, subtleties and aspects of respect that the Jewish people absorbed positively from the outside world and has now become part of the way your menshach. Rav Pam understood that his wife should make peklach for the trick-or-treaters that were coming. Because you, you can't just say, we're Jews, get out of here with your pagan thing. And she actually spent hours making sure that when they came to the house on Halloween, that the kids were going to get stuff. I, that, I think that's a great example. But it's, again, I'm going to pull us away from the whole okay. question. I, I think this example that you're raising, which is a little different than the family the discussion which we had, um, you know, put um, giving snacks, candies to trick or treaters. Uh, I, I think that's a great example because you know you're getting into um, the question of of chukas uh, akum. You know the the ways of the Gentiles, and certainly a lot easier than some of the other holidays, which are are more blatantly religious. Right. You know, this one is is more is is much more a lot about fun. But and I get I get that the idea of giving candy is really more of a sentiment than it is participation. I get that, but I, I I'm not sure if if um, that will quite explain or allow where we make compromises within our own space. Let me ask. Let me get, take the following example. Let's say a person is very makbid on having Shabbos. Shabbos should be Shabbos. There's a there's, you go to shul Friday night, you have a suda on Shabbos, you learn afterwards, and then you wake up in Shabbos morning, and you go to shul, and you have a suda, and you spend all the Shabbos in the afternoon learning, then you go to a shir with mincha shalashudas. Shabbos is a holy experience. Now, there's a family member that's getting married somewhere out there in the middle of nowhere. Let's say they're having a destination wedding. And in order for you to go, 
you're going to take a little bit of challah, a little bit of gefilte fish, a little bit of, uh, of cholent in one of these uh, portable crock pots, and you're going to bring it out to the middle of nowhere, and Shabbos won't look like Shabbos. So are you obligated to go? I think that's a different kind of question than the question of, uh, of you know, just kind of, yeah, make people feel good. Here, I'm giving away my, my Shabbos so that these religious people shouldn't be, uh, non-religious people shouldn't be insulted that me, because of my religious ideals, wouldn't want to participate in their event. Yeah, well, what do you think I, don't, I, I don't think one answer, it's a good Shiloh, I don't think one answer uh, fits all. Obviously, you go to, uh, if that person has a rov or has someone, a halachic person to speak with, that person is probably the person who he's asking, he or she is asking, will probably want to know a little bit more in depth of what's going on in that family. I think a family that, uh, we've talked about it 17 years ago, I remember, uh, on many of our programs, but I think the questions are still there. If the family uh, is, is, is if, if, if it needs that type of bonding, and if that is something that the family uh, is yearning for because of fissures and cracks uh, in the family already, and this might be a way uh, to rectify that, to create a greater sense of shalom between things, the answer might be one way. If it's just every, if, if it's a live and let live family, and everybody knows, oh, that's the religious fanatic, he's not showing up, but they, but they don't necessarily uh, have an enmity towards that person, and I think the answer is different. Now, uh, well, I, think, I, I, yeah, I, I think I think back to what we're trying to do here. Um, I, I think that we have to, you know, because that, that's kind of an evasive answer on some level of saying, well, listen, every situation is different. Well, what, so- what we're discussing, what I'd like to know from you is which one's the default? Assuming that you've got this choice between my Shabbos and the way that I keep Shabbos with, with the, the davening and the learning and the sudas and the, and the uh, iron zwiebel and the, the chopped liver and the, and the, uh, and the tzimus and you know, all the minhagim versus here are these people. Is there going to be a fight? Is there not, I could probably get away with it. But, but, but the question is, is it more important? Put away your Shabbos for one week. And and show up to a family event. Yeah. So, what's the default? Is the default yes, unless it's going to be too much for you, or is it the default that you should you should you don't have to go unless this mom is going to be a fight? Yeah. Well, again, I, I'm, I I I don't like to be accused of being evasive. I try not to. Uh, I actually. I think I'm actually pretty um, straight. You're not evasive. The answer of saying it depends on the situation, you know. Right? Yeah, okay. Look, uh, let me, uh, it's a good question that you're asking. Uh, let me answer you with a Shiloh that somebody called me up with. Um, just happened yesterday, in fact. I still get called for Shilohs. I don't know why, but people people still say, yeah, let's call Kivalevich up once in a while. So here was the Shiloh. The Shiloh was... That, I'm going to remind the listeners that you're a dying on the basin of America. Okay, go on. <laughs> I have to tell you, though, that uh, Dine Teiro are uh, becoming less... Until we open up, there's been a lot less Dine Teiro. I understand. I'm just uh, your qualifications. You okay, good. Well, thank you. All right, good. Yeah. Anyway, here's the question. The question was, uh, a family uh, that had been passing uh, a, a ring for generations down, a Jewish family, and every woman of that family had been receiving this 
let's call the family the Schwartz family. So the, any, any of the women of the Schwartz family were receiving this beautiful ring, which was their wedding ring. And then when the next woman from the family would get married, the ring would then be used in that ceremony. And maybe it was, cre- maybe it was all a, uh, it came from 150 years ago from Booby Schwartz, and it's been going, being used in all those uh, wedding situations. Now, here is, uh, let's say, Brocha Schwartz, who is a Baalist Shuva, and she's getting married uh, to Yankel Katz, and, uh, and Yankel Katz, uh, has, uh, they want to have a from wedding as much as possible. However, uh, her mother, who isn't from, tells her, oh, uh, your young aunt uh, wants to send you the ring, and this way you'll use the ring in the wedding. We're all going to come. We're all very happy for you. So she came to her rabbi. The rabbi she said, can, can we use this ring? I, I know that the husband needs to own the ring, and the husband has to give me the ring. But is, is, can we do it in this case? So the rabbi, who was a, quite a Taman Chochem himself, thought, well, maybe we could uh, explain to the, um, we could explain to the Schwartz family that in order for the religious ceremony to happen 100% correctly, they need to actually give the ring uh, completely and, and, and 100% to Katz, and Katz will own the ring, and then Katz will then give the ring under the chuppah to Brocha, uh, to Brenda Brocha, and then It'll be, uh, it'll, f- it'll be a fulfillment of the Schwartz Minag, but it'll also work according to Halacha. So he asked me what I thought. So I said to him that <coughs> I didn't think that it would really work. Because as you know, Kalman, and I don't know if we didn't learn this together, but you learned it when you were a child and you still remember, there has to be complete ownership of the Kesef Kedushan or the Tabas Kedushan by the chosen, by the, by the groom. So Katz needs to own it completely. If it's being given to him by someone only to satisfy some sort of what they understand as some religious ritual, then there really isn't a transfer of ownership. Similarly, I felt that even if that could somehow be managed, uh, Brenda Brocha is going to be expected to give that ring to the next cousin who gets married. And therefore, and if she would take that ring and sell it, she'd be in trouble. And therefore, the cat's collective family sees it only as a loan. And therefore, I didn't think it could happen. So the rabbi asked me, so what would you suggest to do? So I said that um, I thought both they should be a halachic ring and the Schwartz family ring. They both should be part of the chuppah. Clearly, this is a very big thing for the Schwartzes. Halachically, it's a problem because the ring really... but. They should give both rings. There should be one ring uh, that was given, uh, as we say, there was one ring that was mamish kedin, and the other one, kedos. The other one would be the, a ring where the rabbi, I told the rabbi, who's, who's going to be the Masada Kedushan, I told him, you should make a little speech. You should explain to people. Tell the witnesses what's really going on, the witnesses will, will have das on the first Nasina. The second one, that'll be the one where uh, the rabbi will make a speech and talk a little bit about how significant the ring is. Maybe not a long speech, but significant enough that the family appreciates it. And this way, Brocha has a nice so, marriage. Rabbi, and everybody's I mean, happy. I, mean, I have a serious issue with, with this suggestion. Sock, with my sock. 
Good Good. suggestion. You know, because you see, the psak was really that it doesn't work. Uh, You can't make a, there's no way to use the ring. That that this kind of thing is called Das Yisrael. Yeah, I get it. But, But how could we, how can we compromise what is such a sensitive, halachic situation with so many nuances. We want to make sure everything's done right and just just wallop it. It's like it's like a Christmas tree under the chuppah. It's, it's, <laughs> oh, come it's, on. I know you're trying to shock people. Come on, Christmas tree. Come yeah, on. I mean, that's the same thing. You're introducing something which technically has... Is is a is almost like a contradiction and something that's easily confused. Our sages would never have allowed something which can it can be confused. It can be seen by that. It will be rec- it, It's so dangerous to to um, introduce yeah, I, I would, another. I, I don't know which sages you're talking about. I would. I I am a, I am a happy that this psak Achermeyav Esrim. When I I, I don't know if I'm going to get into Masifta Derekia. I mean. Uh, the Gemara says that Abba Uman was able to get messages from the Masifta Derekia, and he was just a doctor. But I don't know if I'm going to get into the Masifta Derekia. But I, I, I am, I am confident that when I come to the Masifta Derekia, if I do get there, that the Rabbonim, and if I'm Zocha to see Hillel, he's going to say, "Good job," because that is that was the proper I, I, I would disagree with that as well. I think they would say to you, "Welcome, Rabbi Kivalevich. We welcome you for everything you said, except for that." <laughs> To me, that would be I have shown the right of showing. That is, it's not. You can't make. You can't breach the structures that we have in place for for kedushin, for gittin, for for all these very sensitive things. You want to make a birthday party and you want to have another theme. Fine, but we don't retheme weddings, especially not under the chuppah. Why don't you have something during the dancing? Um, during the dancing, there's going to be like like a a, a special whatever. Maybe yeah, when half of the first. people already left, and the old old lady Schwartz is in the wheelchair and she's gone already. She, she wants to see. Well, Brenda. you know what? I'm not sure the rest of the family is even married. <laughs> that could be, but they're still family. They might yes. not. They, they're still biological. They are still biological. Okay, but getting back to our topic, I, I think I think that is a most wonderful example of the kinds of situations that people are faced with, and and we have to wonder. And I'm going to present this to you. Maybe I know we've got a we're running out of time, but I, I'm going to present this to you like this, and, and I want to know how you would answer the question. And um, basically. What I'm running into, and I think everyone has the same question, is if for some reason, if someone shows up in the family and they've joined some kind of cult, some kind of um, crazy group, and they only have parties where people only wear orange, and they say, listen, I'm part of this group and we only wear orange, so we're all going to wear orange. For some pe- reason, people feel like, oh, this is so sweet and so cute. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be culturally sensitive. I'm going to show up in an orange thing. You don't have anyone going, how dare they make, tell me what to wear. But for some reason, when someone says, you know, decent clothing only, people push those boundaries because they're resentful that they're being told that they have to wear specific kind of clothing. And I'm not sure, and this is where I'm presenting it to you, how many of the issues that we have are simply a, an act of, of uh, pettiness 
on the part of the people who are resentful of religious people in general, and therefore want us to compromise just so that they can feel like they're, they're getting us back, and how much of it is really people are just so hurt by having to have these um, diminish. What do you mean you're going to have a kosher meal? It's not going to look the same as everybody else. How much is that really them bothered that one plate on the table looks different? And how much of it is them bothered that you're more from them? Okay, so I'm going to give you a Hasidish answer. And I know this is more your, up your alley, but I think I was wearing a, a, a Bekisha before you were born. So I stopped. And now when Achemi got married, I started, I put on a frock. But I'm going to give you a Hasidish answer. And I think the Chofetz Chaim would agree with it as well. I think, why does things bother people? It, obviously, people are apathetic. Why does it bother them? You're right. Uh, the Moonies, uh, shaved head coats, everybody wearing orange. You're right. The reason why it bothers them is because it's touching something deep and intense within them. Even the person who says he's very happy and not being from, there's something there. There's that pintalayid that somehow inside of that person causing them a sense of, 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 of discord, a sense of this doesn't seem right. I don't like this. I hate it. You know what that is? You could call it the Yetzirah, but it's, it might also be the Yetzirah. It's the Yetzirah, that sense of this is what I want. And yet you're having that friction happening between those, those powers, the powers of really, which is the whole Tali Chabria, which is this yin and yang of wanting to separate yourself from the Bani Shalom. And here is this thing that's trying to bring you closer. In other words, the reason why they're so upset is because it means a lot. And here's the chesedish part even more. We have a chance to take that opening, even though it was an opening in anger. It was an opening of Ra, cut and, 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 and massage it, direct it, and by using derech eretz or dos or menshulkeit or brains or seichel, good psak, we can maybe perhaps change. I can maybe show them what being a from person is. No, and, I, I would agree with you on, I, I, I like with, I, again, the Hasidish approach, certainly true. I, I, I'm not debating that the fact that the person is creating a struggle is probably an internal struggle within them. I'm just questioning your willingness to kowtow to these kinds of um, complaints and needs. I think that's really where where our point yeah, of... Yeah, well, uh, I, again, uh, kowtowing is, 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 is a very graphic uh, imagery. Uh, what I would say, what it does is it, it shows that becoming a from person is actually beca- is enhancing a person's mental kite. It actually creates greater ava. And I think it, 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 whether those people ever become from or not, it, it, the mice and them really make a big difference. All right, Kalman, I think we've touched the iceberg here. And uh, uh, let's hope that... Uh, uh, let's hope that you don't get called by the uh, by the by these Rambodim because I think that uh, you're going to end up creating a lot more friction in Klal than we need. But look, this you have the right to disagree, and uh, I respect that. This is my Chavrusa Kalman Warch. Yeah, and we'll meet Hashem be back hopefully uh, next week with another Chavrusa uh, recording. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. Thank you.